Sarah T. Thomas. Weekly podcast with Sarah T. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sarah Tea Time. This is podcast episode number nine. I am your host, Sarah T. Hello. Where every week on Wednesday you can find me for a half hour interviewing and chatting with people that I simply just want to know more about, on digging into their creative process and just seeing what makes them tick. Uh, the show happens every Wednesday, noon West Coast time, and 3 p.m. East Coast. All of our past episodes, uh, including interviews with Calvin Johnson, Bonnie Burton, Sean Conner, Johnny Ryan, and more, can be found up at sarahteatime.com. If you don't know who they are, that's why you head over there. They're very interesting people, and I liked talking to them. Uh, This week's guest is Derek Allen, and I highly encourage you to head over to DerekAllen.net. That's D-E-R-E-K-A-L-L-E-N.net to dig into his musings and music and creative output. Um, Look for his Tumblr, his Twitter, and of course, definitely his SoundCloud for his production, Um, as they all output some damn good stuff and authentic, um, including his own solo EP, which was released this summer. So look for that. Um, online in his soundbite bio that's up on Twitter, uh, credits him as the producer and engineer for Diplo and Mad Decent. Of course, he's much more than a few lines on Twitter, uh, which is why I have him here today. So let's bring him on the air. Are you there, Derek? Yo. Hey. Yeah, what's happening? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always interesting to... I never know the enthusiasm levels of someone that I bring on the show. I don't know if they're going to be quiet. I don't know if they're going to be excited. But I like when somebody is excited to talk to me. So thank you. Yeah, no. Thanks for having me. It's good It's good to be on. Yeah. So I always like to figure out and just feel where are you right now? Uh, right now I'm in I'm in L.A. where I live. Uh, I live in Hollywood, and I'm in my studio. I've got a studio set up here, and then we've got the Diplo and Mad Decent studio and offices, which is located in uh, another part of L.A. in the uh, the old Beastie Boys studio, which is really dope. It's the old G Sun building where they recorded. Uh, Check your head up until I think right before Hello Nasty, they left the building and went back to New York. So uh, yeah, I'm here in my studio, and then I've also got the studio over there where I work. So usually I'm in one of the two. Um, that's a pretty dope location because you guys do shows there sometimes, don't you? Yeah, we don't we don't actually put shows on, but um, the people that that like there's 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 a lot of people in the building, and they'll do big parties and events and stuff. So. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It was cool before we got there, and then it's got a lot of crazy history, so it's kind of like the perfect space for us. It's like a positive graveyard of good vibes. <laughs> yeah, no, we're kind of like we, 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 you know, we we feel like the 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 the, the next best like follow up from kind of that that weird Beastie Boys Grand Royal vibe. We're kind of on that same like weirdo, weirdo hip hop kids, punk rock kids kind of thing. So it, it fits us really well. 
That is really interesting that you brought up Grand Royal because I was because I know you're from Louisville, and I was about to dig into you to ask if you like if you're into hardcore and punk or if like you were a part of that like scene when you were growing up. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of impossible not to be when you're from when you're from a place like like Louisville. Um, I grew up there, and uh, yeah, I mean absolutely. Like whether it was my kind of like older relatives listening to like. Endpoint and Crane and Evergreen, and then me growing up and and doing doing the punk thing and and uh, you know initial records and them doing their whole thing. I mean I've you know I've got friends. I've, some of my greatest friends, lifelong friends, are people who were in hardcore bands and you know I mean whether it's like my good friend Chris Owens, who's a talented uh, recording engineer and producer, uh, guitar player for Lords. Or Frankie Chan, the promoter and DJ in LA. I mean, these are all people that I literally grew up with from like age 13, 14 on. It's it's wild. They're awesome people doing awesome things. I've known them forever. Yeah, sometimes people don't realize like um, there is really there really is a history to people who can kind of. It's easy to tear apart something that does so well. Like I'm not saying anyone is, but like uh, successful like DJs. But a lot of the people that I know are around because they have been so embedded deeply into the quote unquote not just one scene for a while, but because they've been a part of it. They didn't just show up and want to hop on some club train. Although there are a few who have, <laughs> but they yeah, tend to be yeah, people, yeah, no, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely always around, and in, in when I was growing up. Uh, doing music and and being a part of different different bands and scenes and stuff and I can definitely remember a time when my sort of like hardcore friends who were doing their thing and and signed and doing the warp tour thing you know started asking me more about Daft Punk and kind of I was really fortunate in that when I was growing up I uh I got records released by um the by Better Days Records in Louisville which uh, was and is still a record store but at a t- at the time was a like three level record store that catered to real real underground punk rock and like real real underground rave stuff which I didn't really understand at the time but still liked so you know when I was a kid I, I literally was was like having my punk records released by a guy who was a really well-known Chicago house DJ doing you know lives in Louisville well-known in Chicago doing his thing and was just constantly learning about everything uh, I mean, I can remember this guy teaching me about house music and teaching me about DJ Screw. Like, his name is Ben mm. Jones. He's a super incredible dude. But that's the thing. You know, when you just do music like that, whether you realize it or not, the whole time that you're doing it, you know, I'm like a stupid punk rock kid, but I'm learning about house music and learning about Screw music from Houston. And then, you know, five years later, I'm like, this is my favorite music. <laughs> you know, both <laughs> Screw music and house music. So, again, that's... That's really what Matt Deason is all about, too, is that we genuinely love everything that we love. You know what I mean? We don't do anything uh, half-assed, and we don't do anything just for the to follow. You know, even if it seems like it's something that that we're following is popular, it's just still because we absolutely love it. And I, I remember hearing about, it's, it's Bosco Del Rey, right? Like, I, you know, that yeah, was, I think Bosco that was... Del Rey is... is He's one of my favorite. I mean, I've been a fan of Bosco for quite a while, but his new full-length record on Matt Decent is called uh, Everybody Wah. And honestly, it's it's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Again, it's no, you know, no hype. Like, I'm a pure, absolute fan of this record. Uh, he, he recorded it in Memphis 
Um, I'm an absolute fan of, of his music, but also like the whole process as kind of a nerdy, you know, recording guy. Uh, he's got just incredible sounds, whether it's like harpsichords, you know, and live mad like acoustic instruments, or his weird sort of beat kind of world. He blends them together in a really cool way. I'm a huge yeah. Bosco fan. He's awesome. Yeah, and I think as someone who doesn't understand the history, his for, for those who are listening, like Bosco Del Rey, in a sense, is different than what else is on Mad but in some ways, not really, because if you really understand and feel the label and know that it's not just like club music, you know, it's 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 more than just that. So we've always tried to be, you know, just eclectic and and eccentric, but again, like just doing it naturally and doing what we love, it does. It always kind of surprises me when I meet, you know, people of all ages, younger kids or or whatever. Um, who do are they're only aware of of like you know um they're maybe they're aware of major laser but they're just everything in their in the forefront of their mind is like pond floor and sort of the the diplo club tracks and and stuff like that and you know i'll mention bosco del rey i'll mention popo i'll mention don golden and rosie cross and uh you know they they've not checked it out or they're just it's just maybe whatever for whatever reason they haven't they're, they're not really aware of it and uh yeah totally that to me that's what mad decent is all about like of course we're mad like club kids but at the same time like this is we've always been about just being strange you know doing what we love but being weird (laughs) (laughs) amen our new compilation kind of reflects that really well i think like for the first time we've got this one package it's a cd compilation that we just released uh this uh this month in august Kind of for the first time, you've got back-to-back, like, you know, Diplo Club tracks, um, Popo, Bosco. You know, I think that there's even, like, a crazy Bosco remix on there. Like, it really totally blends all of our little, all of our worlds together. And they can find that up at MadDecent.com? Yeah, you can find that at MadDecent.com. It, uh, it's available on everything from uh, B-Port to, uh, to iTunes now. Okay, well... I kind of want to hear more about when you began to discover, as you called it, rave culture. Like, when did that happen to you? Uh, I mean, for me personally, it happened when I was a kid, when I was just doing doing the punk rock thing, and I just started to learn about the uh, the records and stuff. I went out, you know, a little bit at the time, you know, I don't know, in my opinion, from my perception at least, like at the time, rave culture was sort of all that big, we always... It's kind of like that big, big dick technosaurus type, massive sort of crazy, and I never really got too deep into that, into the sort of show thing. I just got into the music and just got into the sounds, and like you know maybe owning some records and, and learning about DJing and stuff. Um, so I mean for me, yeah, that's I, it's, that's always opposite. I think with a lot of people, like most people get in get into stuff by going out. I mean I was doing non-stop shows and 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 doing a bit of touring and stuff but like I never was fully fully deep into going out into the the rave culture of the time I was always just soaking it up through the music through listening So were you did you start out DJing or were you producing or how did that happen cuz it sounds like you were pretty young when you started putting records out Yeah I mean I just started out playing in bands and eventually like making making some records and um when I got a little older I I continued to do it and then that sort of just morphed into kind of a combination of DJing and just making music, producing music with computers and stuff. Um, at the time, like when I started to think about doing it, um, 
was was when some stuff had first become like really available. So it just it just was like a really natural process. Like again, I you know, I, I always looked at DJing and, and making music and producing music or whatever. It's just all it's all kinda like one thing for me. Um whether it's like sound design, musical sound design, you know, I think of it all kind of like under the same umbrella. So it wasn't you know, I, I kinda feel like it wasn't until a little bit later that people started to loosen up a little bit. I mean, I don't know, maybe they did, maybe it's just my perception of it, but people started to, to seem to loosen up a little bit and there started to be more opportunities for people going out and just having a good time and being more open-minded about different DJs and stuff. Uh, Holotronics was a huge, huge influence on that. No matter what, you know, that was that started a lot of open-mindedness in all sorts of different cities, people going out and kind of like checking out different different music and just having an open mind about it. Absolutely, and like you even said when your hardcore friends were asking about Daft Punk, I got excited. Like, I don't care how many people sample it because, you know what I mean, that's sampling something from 10, 12, almost maybe longer years ago. And I was like, good, like, let's get a little loosened up and less defined, you know? Yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, I, I have friends who were sort of heavy on that, that sort of warp Tour circuit thing a few years ago, and I've talked with friends who are involved in it currently, and um, it's just such a different world, you know, I don't, I don't know, again, but it just seems like people get more and more open-minded constantly. I'm constantly hearing about these, like, huge chainsaw dubstep competitions between the tour buses, like, behind, you know, at the end of every warp Tour, that, like, all all these bands, they, like, sit around and just blow their brains out with dubstep all day, but then they go on stage and do their their grindcore, hardcore thing or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, but I just, I mean, I think that's cool, personally. I, I just, I like that. I like the idea of, of people being really sort of dynamic between different things. I prefer the undefined life, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think that, that kids coming up uh, do not care and I, I I I hope wholeheartedly that I'm talking like young kids, like 13 year old kids, like 14 year old kids. I hope that they don't care because I feel like when I was like 13 years old or 14 years old that there was a lot of sort of like rules and and uh, people really worried about like how you dressed and how you acted and things. I, I'm sure that it's still that way, but I really hope that young kids are just like totally wild and like listening to Slayer and listening to Jay Z and going to see Dead Mouse or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I hope I that, abs- that kids are just having fun. It seems that way. Yeah. So. I, I absolutely <laughs> agree. It took me, like, from the point of hearing Sonic Youth to thinking I was allowed to wear a Sonic Youth shirt, it probably took me, like, 15 years because I was so afraid. And I don't think that's, I don't know who put that in me. I'm not saying it's one person, but it's I, I, it's the environment, and I, I, I truly do wish the same, like, I hope that keeps loosening up and just disappears to where we can just do whatever we want, you know. I mean, my my favorite, like my favorite rappers are on YouTube, and like you know, they are all young and they are all just clearly doing exactly what they want to do and nothing else. So that's you know what I mean. Like that's that's exactly why they're my favorite rappers. Uh, whether it's you know, I mean, all, all this kind of stuff in a way goes back to like Lil B or whatever but just this whole new movement of young kids that genuinely don't care and are just doing what they want to do is like the best thing <laughs> the best thing that I can remember in, in, in forever so that's that's I'm super excited about that kind of stuff agreed agreed well 
you know, I'm actually curious about your film background. Can you tell us more about that? Oh uh, well, my my film background is basically just 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 being involved in, in sound design and uh, and music. Uh, I love love movies, and I do. I've I've got some some mixtapes that I absolutely love. Uh, the Blood Bro series is something that I do with Dirty South Joe, who's a good friend of Matt Decent. Um, it's it's an '80s action movie music, but we we take the time to to really work out a story, and we 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 sort of take the the flow of the mix really seriously and the narrative really seriously. It's just something that we really really love. Started out as kind of a joke still is supposed to be fun and supposed to be funny but it's it's just like we we absolutely love this music finding it like digging for this movie music it's one of my favorite things i just i grew up loving like movie music and loving like soundtrack selection um you know loving people like mark mothersbaugh from devo a huge fan of him i mean i I think most people nowadays know that he's done the the music for uh for rushmore you know royal tenenbaums and these wes anderson movies but he did you know, music for Rugrats. I mean, most everybody I know, you know, plus minus my age, grew up with Rugrats. I mean, me and DJ Sega from Philly always talk about that kind of music. I see Soldier Boy talking about that kind of music. You know, that's Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo, and that's I love stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I studied sound design in film school, and I've I've been involved in uh, in in some independent features, and uh, it's just something that I love. I love movies, and I love. I love creative sound design, but I also love the uh, really good score and really good soundtrack selection. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So, what um, are some of your favorite soundtracks? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I just do that. I do that weird sort of nerdy DJ thing where you kind of like classify everything, you know, separately or whatever. Um, but I have to say that I found a, I found a, a few, uh, just a batch of this sort of like album rock music that that people use in uh, very very random and, and unknown 80s movies and it's kind of like finding it's kind of like finding really amazing like funky library music it's this mm-hmm. stuff you know a lot of it sometimes didn't even get a release ever there's like no actual release and people have to like get these songs off of a laser disc you know or however it is that they do it this this has just kind of like become like my favorite thing. It's this crazy, almost practically you know private press or whatever. It's this super ultra limited music that somebody made and was used in this movie, but then it just kind of like you know it doesn't exist anymore. You can't get it. You can't like own, you can't really own it. You can own the movie or whatever. But so that's that's kind of my favorite stuff. But as, you know, as far as favorite composers, I do love the. The, the good old-fashioned, like, well-known dudes like Mark Mothersbaugh and Danny Elfman and people like that. Um, I kind of grew up loving Danny Elfman and enjoy his music uh, nowadays, but it's definitely become sort of to where he's so big that I kind of have fonder memories of when I was a kid and uh, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, stuff like that. Nice. But no, I just it's impossible for me to pin down pin down one stuff. I'm always I'm always looking at my favorite, like, supervision decisions where people are putting great songs and great scenes and I'm always kind of thinking in terms of like score and and weird weird stuff too. I really like really really like uh people like Stan Bush. 
just these crazy like LA dudes. Everybody knows their songs, but nobody really knows who they are. You know, Stan Bush did you you got the touch, which people know from Boogie Nights and stuff. <laughs> these are just crazy weird. Like I say, it's like a new form of digging records for me. You know, instead of like library records and funky rare groove stuff, it's like 80s pop metal. You know, rock, whatever. It's 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 very very nerdy and interesting. <laughs> So where can people find that mixtape? You can find that mixtape uh, at the Mad Decent SoundCloud. We host all the Blood Bros mixtapes with Mad Decent. Uh, you can, of course, just go to maddecent.com, and we've got all that stuff up, but our actual SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com slash maddecent. Uh, we've got two of the Blood Bros mixes, and there's a third one coming. I don't know if people are... They're kind of maybe starting to doubt me, but we just we know since we've done two already that this one has to be extremely superb, you know, third in the trilogy and all that. So, <laughs> plus we left the second one on on kind of a kind of a dark note because that's that's what you do with the second movie in the trilogy. It's got to end a little bit, <laughs> a little bit uncertain. <laughs> Clearly, you study this. That's interesting. Um, yeah, well, no, what are you we working? Just, you know. When, well, what what are you working on right now? Right now, I'm uh, right now I'm, I'm I'm working on a whole lot of different things. I'm that's one of the things I'm talking about the most is is the release of the the Carter Four, uh, the new Little Wayne full length this week um, features on the deluxe edition the song Two Shots, produced by Diplo and myself. Uh, this is you know this is huge for me just as like a fan and also just just as a as a musician um but besides that i mean you know i i'm i'm writing with a lot of with a lot of people all the time exciting young people and people that i've known for a while um i've got a lot of sort of collaboration stuff planned at the moment uh, several things that are recorded several things that are kind of in the process of being worked on uh, new vocal type things i've got a collaboration with uh, run dmt uh who are producer DJs I'm a huge fan of. They release on uh, Play Me, Heavy Artillery, labels like that. Um, I'm an enormous fan of these guys. They're fantastic dubstep producers. Uh, lately, I've been um, trading some stuff back and forth with a friend from the Brick Bandits crew from New Jersey who are you know, friends of Mad Decent for sure. We did a, a Brick Bandits release uh, a year or two ago. They of course are the originators of like that Jersey Club, and you know I mean those these obviously these guys invented it. They're constantly pushing in the new direction. Some of the stuff I've been hearing is is really nuts. So that's that's really what I've been focusing on, you know, writing and uh, kind of working on some new some new collaborative stuff to be released. Not totally sure, but definitely to be released soon. Now, what about let's talk about your own record. You just finished that. And put it out. Was it like a couple months ago now? Yeah, I just I just released a uh, solo EP on Mad Decent uh, called the DJA EP. It's a uh, five-song uh, vocal-based electronic record. I I I you know it's it's based in, it's rooted in dubstep, but I'm hesitant to just call it a dubstep record because I didn't really want to make totally dubstep i just i kind of wanted to make like phil collins and lex luger like at a dubstep rave you know what i mean thank so, you yeah so that I was mean, that was I really mean, that was my goal was to was you know phil collins lex luger on a bunch of drugs and 
then, you know, the next day they wake up and they're like, wow, Fruity Loop Sessions, I guess we'll put it out. But, so anyways, uh, yeah, I, I was really excited to do it. It was it was really cool kind of personal thing um, where I got to kind of just flip my own my own kind of style and do my own kind of background with uh, Southern hip-hop and bass and, and just kind of this new this new school dubstep bass stuff. I mean, I... You know, I, li- I listen to it all, I love it, whether it's like Chainsaw, Bro, Step stuff, or whether it's the weirdo, you know, British kids with 808s and high-pitched samples or whatever. Um, no, I love it all. So, like, I just am a huge fan of all this new bass music, absolutely. And that I'm, I'm pretty happy that it's gotten a good response from some people that I absolutely respect within all sorts of different dubstep, bass, and even kind of drum and bass communities. So it's really dope. Everyone should head over to DerekAllen.net to listen to more of his music. I'm really glad you brought Phil Collins up because I've been thinking about about producers or musicians from the 80s that got just kind of clownified for whatever reason, but in reality, like there's like either, I don't know if it's like the MTV video culture or whatever that things kind of I'm not saying Phil Collins became a joke but sometimes when you bring him up you know like people don't really take him seriously I think he kind but of became a joke I, in, right? in a way okay. he kind of became a joke yeah okay well thanks <laughs> he's you know, kind of like, like said in to... interviews that I, I became a joke you know okay. in, in so many words <laughs> so I was listening to some of his you know like when he was starting to play around with the drum machine like when anybody like bitches about, like, oh, we have to have, you know, like, um, analog or, you know, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, if any musician was given the opportunity, like, 20 years ago to work with this stuff, they'd be psyched to do it. I mean, I believe in preserving and curating that era, but, I mean, Phil Collins was, like, pretty smart with that drum machine shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as usual with most things, I come, I come, my love for things comes in this sort of bizarre path that makes that doesn't necessarily make sense to some people. But I mean, you know, Phil Collins is is like, I don't know, he's like hip hop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can, I can remember like, I can remember like being a bit like being a bit younger and seeing like, I don't know, VH1 behind the music type type shit, and like, you know, hip hop people love Phil Collins, like his you know for over the past like 10 i guess maybe 20 years like you know whether it's like phil collins and like bone or it's you know like new york type hip-hop producers and artists liking his music or sampling his music there's just something about him and uh yeah i mean i it's it's funny like you know he did kind of become a joke doing like disney soundtracks and things like that but if you look back like it's just kind of you know um I don't know. It's kind of like cross-genre music with that was <laughs> incredibly popular. It didn't seem very cross-genre at the time, but I don't know. When you look back on it and you sort of read read these things and you look at him using horn music in his early early records and things like that and using electronics and stuff later, it, it was you know it crossed over in weird ways. Lots of different people liked it, and I, I definitely heard more than a few people you know call it their guilty pleasure or whatever. I think it might be one of the most common guilty pleasures. So. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm seeing more and more new, new younger artists kind of just bringing up that that sort of '80s, you know, vocalists that 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 you know Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins, whatever people that just wrote and performed music with with 
without rules, like their album would have live horns and then it would have a whole a whole song of just one drum machine loop and a DX7 synthesizer or whatever. So I, I, th- I think that's great. Again, that's what I love is just the no rules and people just making whatever feels right and is like genuinely good. Amen. Well, on that note, we actually only have about a minute left, so... Uh, Derek, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, everyone head over to his website, DerekAllen.net. Of course, MadDecent.com for his production output and a whole creative community of people. So uh, thank you so much for joining me, and um, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon somehow. Great. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Take care. All right, everyone, uh, thanks again for joining me here at Sarah Tea Time every Wednesday. Uh, you can find future podcasts as well as this one and past ones all up at sarahteatime.com. Uh, once again, I will see you next week. The weekly podcast every Wednesday, Sarah Tea Time.